I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Jackson Moore from Bear Territory, and you cover more than just one team, don't you, don't you, Jackson? <laughs> oh yeah, I got Stanford, the Cardinal, twenty four seven, Cal at Bear Territory, Fresno State at Parkboard, San Jose State at Inside the Spartans, and uh, Hawaii at WarriorSportsNetwork.com. So you can find me all over the place. You need one more team. You need one more. You need that crooked. You need that crooked number, Jackson. <laughs> How about for Husky fans? Any, uh, you know, you're calling, uh, you know, covering Fresno State. Any update on Jay Kaner? Uh, we haven't heard yet. The Bulldogs have a bye this week, so there's been virtually no media availability. Um, the initial response was that uh, Coach Stedford said it wasn't a season-ending injury, so we're expecting to see him back, but no timeline at this point. It was interesting because uh, we heard Coach DeBoer. I don't know if you watched the Washington-Michigan State game. Did you watch that at all? Uh, I didn't get to see it live, but I've been able to kind of keep track and catch some film. Well, he it was interesting because uh, Penix made a hell of a throw to Wayne Talapapa um, in the corner of, uh, you know, by the uh, in the end zone, just right before the um, the marker there. And when asked uh, if any other quarterback he had coached could make that throw in the first words out of his mouth were Jay Kaner. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. So. <laughs> but uh, Stanford coming in 7.30 kickoff at Tusky Stadium. It's our favorite starting time because that usually means we're home between 2 and 3 in the morning. It's our favorite play, favorite starting time. Uh, Stanford coming in 1-1 one and one with a win over Colgate and a loss to USC. Injury-wise, it looks like, you know, a big, um, you know, it sounds like David Shaw said running back EJ Smith will miss this game, and that's a huge loss for Stanford. Yeah, yeah, he got dinged up in the USC game and Stanford had a buy. So uh, didn't really realize it was going to be this serious until we got the depth chart on Tuesday and Smith was absent. Pretty much told us all we needed to know there. Uh, good news for Stanford is that uh, they're expecting him to be back maybe in time for the following week at Oregon, if not uh, no later than the, this week after that. So uh, not too bad for Stanford, but it definitely hurts them in this game, especially because you factor in, you had Austin Jones leave for USC in the portal and Nate Pete leave for Missouri in the portal. You know, Stanford's not used to losing guys in the portal. Uh, so to have two of your top running backs from last year depart, you're uh, the guy that's stepped up to be out. I mean, the, there's not a whole lot left outside of Casey Filkins, who is another guy they feel really good about, but it's pretty bare after him right now. 
big experienced offensive line. You've got guys that have been there a while. Uh, how much of a difference is that going to make with that running game? Um, you know, they're experienced, but the experience wasn't very productive last year. It was probably the worst Stanford running team in this you know modern recent 15 years or so that you know Stanford football has been a lot more successful and built off that running game. Uh, it just wasn't there with this group and pass protection wasn't a whole lot better. Um, but they all do have a year under their belt. Last year was pretty much all of their first times for, for most of them stepping into those roles. So look a little more comfortable, a little more experienced, um, a little less uh, of an issue so far. And they have moved to that slow mesh offense, which seems to have maybe hidden some of that. It's a lot less smash mouth power running that failed last year and more about decisions being made with the RPO in the backfield that uh, I think have taken some of the pressure off of that group. You know, I can't remember the name of the offensive line coach, but uh, he left Stanford a few years ago and things just seem to not be the same since he left. What was his name again? I can't remember. Well, I started covering Stanford and uh, Terry Heffernan had just came in at that point, who is the current coach. Um, their previous coach left for the Rams. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to cover him. So my name, his name is, is blanking for me right now. Yeah, but it just seems like, you know, things have kind of deteriorated. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but it hasn't been up to the standard that was once there. And you talk about this new offense, the more of a mesh offense. Explain to Husky fans what that is a little bit. Yeah, so there's really only one other team running it, and it's Wake Forest. And they've sure, you know, jolted their program with this offense. Uh, Stanford's coaching staff approached them and tried to get some answers to see if they could replicate it. And Wake Forest, it sounds like, wasn't all that receptive to letting some of their secrets loose about how they run that thing. So uh, Coach Shaw and his coordinator, uh, Tavita Pritchard, they both, just sat in the film room all summer long and off season long and watched film and, and tried to recreate a lot of it. Um, again, it's called the slow mesh offense. It's a lot of RPO. It's a lot of, you know, reading the defense and, and you know, taking their time in the backfield quite a bit. Uh, you're going to have some read option and, um, you know, some different route concepts after the RPO that Tanner McKee, the quarterback seems to be pretty comfortable with, you know, he's kind of a, big six foot six lumbering kind of athlete, but he's pretty mobile for being what he is. And um, you know, he's got a good mind. He, he can really let the play develop and kind of make his calls uh, as it goes. So it's been you know, so far so good, especially considering how the typical Stanford offense ha had really just, they didn't have the guys to run it last year. It's It's been a good move, I think, for them. But we have only seen it in one game. They really hit it against Colgate and then, they had USC and now there's a bye week. So I still think there's a lot. We still don't know about the offense and we'll see maybe some new things and build this weekend too. Yeah. The thing that I noticed with that, you know, that RPO that they're doing is it's slow and developing. I mean, I, I saw a couple of the plays where Tanner McKee had the ball into the running back and it was, um, it almost seemed like you could count to three before the decision was made to take that ball or, or to uh, pull it out. But, uh, you know, tell me what you've seen with that a little bit. Yeah, you know, the, again, I think it's been more catered to this group that they've got. Uh, they really didn't have the traditional between the tackle running. So this particular style, it's kind of it's been more slowly developing and the O-line's been able to hold those blocks and it's given McKee the chance to see, all right, is it there or is it not? And let it go with the run or keep it and 
then he's got a whole passing play to go to from that point if the running lanes aren't there. So um, it's really been uh, you know more efficient than just sending the running back between the tackles and, and getting stuff behind the line of scrimmage with uh, some plays that are you know tried and true, but just weren't effective for this group last year. You know, when you talk about the top quarterbacks in the Pac-12, Tanner McKee is definitely in the conversation on that. A lot of preseason accolades, highly, uh, you know, rated by a lot of the scouts. And, you know, some people have him going in the first round of the NFL draft. He's six foot six, but how comfortable do you feel with him running the ball? Yeah, he's very mobile. You know, I I wouldn't say probably that he's going to be a huge threat on read option, keeping it a lot of times. But, I mean, if – there's a play where he has no receivers downfield and there's a lane for him to pick up some yards. And I mean, he's very effective at it. Uh, I mean, he's got long strides and he's surprisingly quick for how he looks. Uh, Takes him a little bit longer to get going, but I mean, he can move once he he gets in full stride. So um, uh, his athleticism really does bring something to the table. And taking a look at the wide receivers and the weapons he has, it looks like Stanford's got their stable of the big wide receivers again as well. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing for them is that they're all healthy. Uh, they had Michael Wilson, uh, the smallest quote unquote receiver at six foot two, who missed most of last year. He's been their top target so far. You've got John Humphreys, a big six foot five target. Bryson Tremaine, a six four, who had a really gruesome injury early on when they beat Oregon. Uh, didn't have him for the rest of last season. Elijah Higgins, who's kind of a six three, two thirty, two forty hybrid slot tight end kind of receiving weapon for them. And then the true tight end, Ben Urasek at six foot five, who was their leading receiver last year, kind of off to a slow start so far this season in the new offense, but uh, probably the, the best of the bunch. So they like to throw it up top to those guys across the field where they can take hits from a lot smaller you know, secondary and safety guys. And uh, they sure love their fade passes near the goal line with those big targets. And Usually it's effective. They, they had a little bit of trouble against USC. There was a pick, some turnovers near the goal line, but that's usually bread and butter for these guys. Which is what's, uh, what's the uh, feeling with the fan base right now on Stanford, especially on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, I think there's optimism. I, I think not having EJ Smith is a blow, and, and they realize it's probably going to cause some, some troubles this week. But in general, um, I mean, everyone around Stanford knows that this team is super talented at – pretty much every position except O-line. And if they could just get the O-line to step up, that this could be a, a pretty solid offense for the team. And it feels like they've seen, I think, enough progress to, to feel pretty good about that, but it's still really early. And um, a couple more games might add a little more confidence to that if it keeps going well. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
and over on the other side of the ball, um, giving up 48 to USC, which, you know, USC is going to put up points on everybody. Tell me about the defensive performance you've seen. You know, Colgate's kind of like the outlier game, like Portland State and Kent State from uh, Washington. It's hard to really tell anything with that kind of competition. I think Colgate may be the same with Stanford. But uh, tell me about that defensive side of the ball. Yeah, so the the offense is getting all the attention right now in terms of changing scheme, but the defense has more publicly changed scheme, which is we've kind of known about it since the spring. So it's, it's not as big of a story right now. They, they've gone from the 3-4 to a 4-3, sort of a set. Um, you know, the, the Cardinal were very bad up front, just uh, flatly. I mean, the, they were equally as bad on the defensive line of scrimmage as they were on offense. And that was the team that had four senior defensive linemen in that 3-4 set, including two guys that – uh, one was drafted, one went to the NFL, and they're being replaced by a whole bunch of guys that haven't played much college football, some underclassmen too. Um, so what they've done to kind of hide that is, is my assessment, is that they've gone to this 4-3 where they're t- taking those three D-line positions and turning them into two D-tackle positions, and then they've moved their outside linebackers to the edge positions. They're not quite true defensive ends. They can do a little bit of drop back and, and those kinds of outside linebacker things, but it's mostly a four, three and or a four, two, five defense. So I actually probably spend more time in, in the nickel, but in terms of kind of feeling out this group, you know, in the secondary, there's probably multiple NFL players back there on the defensive front, uh, not quite as much talent and the talent that is there is young. David Bailey was a top 50 recruit. He's starting already at the edge still trying to kind of get comfortable there. Um, And then in between, you've got this linebacker group that's full of seniors that uh, were pretty highly regarded recruits, but they had a lot of injuries throughout their careers. They finally got on the field basically last year and uh, still a group that is either underperforming or or still kind of getting comfortable. So uh, the defense gets stronger as you peel back the layers towards the secondary, but up front is still a, a really big question mark. If you're Washington's offensive coordinator, where are you attacking that defense? Yeah, definitely the run. I mean, if Washington didn't establish the run here, uh, it's going to make things ugly for the Cardinal. Um, they did give up a lot of plays to USC through the air, um, but they still do feel very good about their secondary. You've got Caillou Blue Kelly, should be an NFL cornerback. Uh, Jonathan McGill, who missed the first 10 games last year, still had two picks and two games last year. I mean, he's a really effective safety, and they brought in their only transfer on the team, Patrick Fields, uh, safety from Oklahoma, who's playing nickelback. Uh, that's a tough secondary to go up against. So uh, the easier you can make it for yourself in the trenches, which I think Washington or you know basically whoever else who has a strong running game, if they do, uh, they're going to have success against this team a lot more so than through the air. You tell me, um, you know, it's fourth and two, fourth and three. How comfortable are you with that Stanford defense right now? Yeah, not very, Uh, especially it's not just a young group of tackles uh, in the interior, but they're pretty undersized, too. They're basically all about minus 270 uh, on the scale there. Um, They've got one jumbo nose type of athlete, and he hasn't played a whole lot. So uh, if you've got size on the interior, you should be able to muscle your way for a couple of yards when you need it against uh, the Cardinal D-line. You feel more comfortable with uh, third and long than fourth and short? Oh, absolutely. Um, besides Kelly, uh, they also have Ethan Bonner back, who's a, a senior and another senior, Salim Turner Muhammad. Uh, they've got plenty of talent at cornerback and uh, at safety, too. So 
any obvious passing situations as where this defense is going to want to be at. Michael Panix hasn't been sacked yet this year, which is kind of surprising. Three games and he hasn't been sacked yet. Uh, last week against Michigan State, who led the country in sacks, uh, they didn't even get a sack on there. You know, tell me about that. Those defensive ends and the pressure that uh, Stanford might be able to get. Yeah, the uh, the edge position they've uh, combined for two and a half sacks so far. You know, good, not great. Um, Stephen Heron is a senior. Uh, he's been probably the most consistent guy off the edge there. Um, David Bailey, that as mentioned, the true freshman, he's really a kind of a pass rush specialist. And again, he's only played two college games, so he's, he's not quite there yet, but you really see the talent and flashes. Um, they've got a few others, uh, Aeneas DeCosmo, another senior, and a redshirt freshman, Aaron Armitage, who was a four-star recruit. Uh, all four of those guys are going to play quite a bit and, and try to make plays off the edge. But it is actually Patrick Fields who is leading the team in sacks right now with two off that nickel back spot. Uh, they've been using him in a variety of different ways, and he could be a, a bit of an X factor in the pass rush even. Anything jump out on special teams? Um, they feel like they've got an all-conference level returner in Casey Filkins, and I'm curious if they're going to put him back there even in this game because he is really their only reliable running back option in this game. So, And he has a, kind of a history of injuries. Uh, even as recent as training camp, he missed some time. So uh, I'm not sure if they're going to put the workload of him being the number one back and on returns. Um, if it's not him, you're probably going to look for Bryce Farrell or maybe Michael Wilson back there. Not, probably not quite as explosive, but uh, if Philkins is back there, he could be a, an X factor. Um, they're pretty solid in both punting and kicking. They bring back guys there. So uh, it's a pretty solid unit. And um, But if Philkins isn't back there, it's a lot less dangerous on returns. Let's say um, uh, Stanford runs uh, 65 plays, just grabbing a number out of the year. I'm guessing we'll see Tanner McKee throw throw the ball 40 times on Saturday. Yeah, I think so, um, It's which is not quite the split that they've had this season, but with the running back situation, it's going to be tough on them. They really like Vilkins, but he is kind of more of an all-purpose back. He's a guy they'd like to maybe throw two a few times a game and uh, run outside more so than between the tackles where E.J. Smith has really been – their guy there, um, but they have what they would feel like is plenty of talent to throw the ball around. It's just they would prefer to be balanced, and and that's how they normally operate. But I don't think they're going to have that luxury this time around. Um, Brendan Barrow and, and Caleb Robinson have like twenty five career rushing yards combined, and neither are you know big time recruits waiting in the wings or anything. So uh, Coach Shaw has talked very highly of those two guys, but. I just can't see the offense being as successful. I think there's going to be a drop-off when Philkins has to come out. Yeah, it was funny. We had um, uh, Stephen Brooks on from Michigan State last year, last week, and he said the team that would win would be the team that did not get shredded in the air. So it sounds like, you know, with uh, uh, Stanford right now, if they're going to win this game, they need to shred that Washington defense in the air. Yeah, um, and that's good for Stanford in some ways just because last year – they were running schemes that were all about winning the line of scrimmage and they were just getting dominated in the line of scrimmage pretty, pretty much every week, the last seven weeks of the season. So um, for Washington side, I think it's still applicable. If they can run it, it's going to be a tough night for the Cardinal, but Stanford's going to have to rely through the air, which um, maybe is not as unusual as from some recent Stanford teams, but not quite what you think about when you think of the Cardinal.
Well, we'll see how healthy Washington is. Jordan Perryman was supposed to be back last week, and he was not. Devon Banks was back last week, and uh, Elijah Jackson wasn't suited. And their secondary's been a little bit thin. Uh, Asa Turner, starting safety, won't be starting, but they've got some experience behind them. So, you know, Stanford's strength going against Washington's weakness on that defense. I don't know if you want to call it a weakness or not, but there's definitely some concerns back there with health. So it should be an interesting game. Uh, Anything else we need to know about Stanford, Jackson? No, I would add just about the passing attack. As you mentioned, they're tall receivers. It's not a, a fast group. It's not one that's going to burn you deep. They don't have a lot of those guys, um, but they're big and they're slower, but they use it to their advantage in, in ways you wouldn't expect. So, um, you know, it's, it's a group that you know kind of excels against different personnel in different ways than normal passing attack. So you can add that in there too. Jackson Moore for Bear Territory. We appreciate you coming. Bear Territory. What am I doing? The bootleg. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead, Jackson. Well, it's Cardinal 24-7 now. Too. Oh, Car- it's Cardinal 24-7. I'm just having a rough morning. I've only <laughs> one cup of one cup of coffee. And you know, uh, hopefully we can have you on again for the uh Cal game with the Cal game on Saturday. I'm gonna have to stay down there a while because uh Pac-12 Media Day for basketball will yeah. be on Wednesday. So instead of coming back and heading back down, we're gonna uh come back down. By the way, uh the media day at uh for Pac-12 basketballs at the uh, Pac-12 headquarters. I thought they shuttered that thing. Yeah, I, they're bringing it back, I guess. <laughs> I <got> the, <laughs> the and, or they're yeah. going to use the meeting room. So <laughs> anyways, uh, Stanford 24-7 on the 24-7 site. Jackson Moore, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.